Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us, risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Can you believe that some of you out there have been listening to me for an entire year? Is that not the craziest thing on the planet? That is insane. I cannot believe I've been cracking away at this podcast for a year now. Actually, I kind of can because when I look back at those Ooh, those early episodes, boy, oh boy, they were rough. But don't worry, I've I've gotten better at my editing, okay? <laughs> I've gotten better at the sound, everything. It's, it's, it's all gotten a little bit better. Y'all, this is the last episode ever of me and you, the Housewives of Marvel 2. Well, technically, only because this week I'm rebranding. Don't worry, you won't have to subscribe to a new podcast or anything like that. Same old podcast, just a new name, new cover, you know, something easy for you guys to remember, but it's going to be even better content. You know, I'll be talking still reality shows, still comic movies and TV shows, all the stuff y'all come to me to hear about. I'm still talking about it. I'm just doing a little rebrand, you know, to let a few more people know that I'm out there. Okay. Good stuff is on the way. You know what? Let me quit talking. Let me go ahead and play this intro for y'all for the last Time! Ah, I hope y'all are excited for the rebrand. I know I am.
Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Lord, see, not only did I, you know, I just look, I did a little photo shoot for y'all for a new podcast cover. You know, I like when I see podcasts that, you know, after so long, they do a little, not a hard rebrand. You know, sometimes they'll do a new album cover. Sometimes they'll tweak the name a little bit. Sometimes they'll bring on a co-host. Now, look, I ain't got no damn friends, okay? So, look, (laughs) y'all just stuck with my ass, okay? The rebrand that's coming up this week, I'm so excited about it. I have been working on it, I feel like, forever now. It's going to be good. I I think you guys will like it. I'm trying to set up interviews with people I think y'all will want to hear from. All kinds of good stuff. It's all coming. Look, I can't believe I've been at this for an entire year now. I feel like I almost... There are so many times when I wanted to give up. I wanted to stop doing this shit. You know, you always compare yourself to other people, and that's the thing. And I had to stop comparing myself as like a solo act to like people that are like number one and two on the charts that are, (laughs) you know, pulling in millions and millions of dollars in ad revenue. I had to stop that, okay? So once you get out of that and once you, I took the advice of someone uh, who told me to stop focusing so much on the numbers, just like, you know, focus on the actual enjoyment of it. And that's when your show becomes a lot better. And ever since then, like, it's, it's really true. Like I've never like struggled with like download numbers per se, it's uh, it's it's been you know it's always gone up. It's really it's it, it makes it warms my heart because really like all the numbers are just like going up steadily like Instagram and Clubhouse and the download numbers. It's all just making me very happy. It makes me feel like I'm getting a a warm hug from the audience. I've wanted to quit several times doing this several times, but. They tell me, stay consistent. I've been staying consistent, and consistency has been paying off, so I'm very happy. Plus, I'm a solo act, y'all. Like, I put out two episodes a week, and I'm a solo act. I do it alone. It's kind of ridiculous, but it's kind of, you know, I I love it. So, I don't know. I'm happy. I almost didn't make it. I'm like, never would have made it. I see, I was about to... I was about to stop doing this shit and just become an opera singer, okay? I was about to show up at the Met one day, the Met, uh, the Metropolitan Opera House, and I was just going to walk in and, you know, I pulled out the pink Lamborghini just to race with China, brought the race to China just to race. See, they told me, they see, they be talking about my voice. My voice, it's a little, you know, it's better than Kim Zosiak, but it's not quite Candy Burris. I don't know if that's a read or not, but, you know, I'm trying, I'm I'm working on it, okay? I'm in classes. I'm going to get my vocals together so I can go on tour with Beyonce whenever she decides to get her ass up off the couch and uh, start making music again. I don't know what the hell she's doing. Listen. 
I got a little format for this episode. I have to make this a good one because I'm ready to talk some shit for the last time for me and you, the Housewives of Marvel 2. Uh, as of Thursday, when the next episode comes out, I'll officially be rebranded. If you listen to my most recent episode with Ryan Bailey, which was a big, like, I felt like that was kind of a, a career highlight for me too. I've recorded with some of my fate, like some of the people who are aspirational for me, like who I want to like emulate. Like I've, I've recorded with Moni the week before that I've recorded with her before, but this was like an episode specifically for the timeline, like the, not the timeline, the, 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 the feed, you know, the normal podcast release, you know what the hell I'm talking about. Recorded with Moni of mixing with Moni. Go listen to the episode recorded with Ryan Bailey, uh, this past week. That was amazing. I've been grateful for all the good feedback y'all have been giving me about that episode. It's been amazing. And then this week I'm recording with another one of my favorites who I'll just let that episode drop and then y'all can, you know, you can go and check that out. That'll be a good one too. So, you know, I've, I've recorded with a lot of my favorite people that I've met throughout this process too. So I don't want to make anyone like feel as if I'm not grateful for all of that too, because I have fun recording with a whole lot of people. Like right now I'm doing a podcast with Donnie and Amanda. That's always fun. If you watch Big Brother, check that out. That's amazing. I'm doing this. I'm doing, you know, the clubhouses with my my favorites, Bravo While Black, Aaron and Kaya. We do those three times a week. So, you know, come join us over there too. Oh, Lord. You know what? The two shows I'm going to really kind of like dig, dig, dig into this episode, of course, are The Encore and Potomac. But... I'm going to touch on New York first because that was a good-ass episode. Forget y'all. I'm enjoying New York this season, okay? Play with your mammy. Don't play with me. I'm enjoying New York this season. I don't care who get mad about it. I'm enjoying New York this season, okay? I'm like Flavor Flav. If I don't pick New York the first time, I'm going to bring her back the second time, and then I'm not going to pick her again, okay? (laughs) But I'm having a fun time with it, okay? I'm liking New York. I love Ebony. I love Rashawn. I'm having a good time with this season. There, you know, it's on the one cast member I feel like isn't really pulling her weight, you know, as much as I hate Ramona, she pulls her weight all the time, just being the, the the worst person in the room, which she always has that title. Oh, Lord. I just, you know, it's Luann who I'm talking about. Luann, I don't know what her position is on this show anymore, but, you know, maybe she just needs to rebound and she'll figure it out next season. I don't know. Am I going to try to find out? No, I'm not. But let me just, let me, let me get into a little bit of, a little bit of Roni for you guys. Okay. Just a little Roni chat. So, obviously, when it comes to Roni, we need to address the fight. Now, my question for Bravo, Andy Cohen, NBC, them bitches over at Peacock. (laughs) Oh, let me not slander Peacock before Peacock uh, uh, blocked my ass from ever being great in life. Peacock, you cool. You know, y'all just had that Dr. Death series and Dr. Death, that was everything I needed to be. Okay, little side note, you know, I'm a Marvel podcast too. Listen, Joshua Jackson was the perfect casting for Dr. Death. If y'all haven't watched it yet, go binge those eight episodes right damn now. They are so good. And, you know, of course, he's married to my favorite, Jody Turner-Smith, who I want to be Storm in the MCU. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm still rooting for that. I'm holding out hope for her. I would love me some Jody Turner-Smith as Storm, a.k.a. 
Aurora Monroe in the MCU. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm hoping for it. I'm holding out. Fingers crossed. Toes crossed. Pink is crossed. Booty cheeks clenched. You know, I'm, I'm holding out for it. Anyway, why the hell would Andy Cohen, Bravo, Peacock, NBC, all y'all that I mentioned before, uh, matter, matter of fact, this is us, the whole cast, y'all, I'm blaming y'all too. Why would y'all show this fight in a flashback? Why would you show it in a flashback? Like, Leah is literally on the phone with Luann telling her about this fight, and we're seeing clips. What? The, so it, it leads me to believe that it must have gotten a lot worse than they actually shown us. The worst that we saw was Sonya busting that damn uh, fire extinguisher. But who? I don't. I don't know. That that's confusing to me. So the order of events, it looked like it was this: Bershawn came back to Leah's room to get some melatonin. Sonya jumped into the conversation that Bershawn and Leah were having. And Bershawn said, oh, Sonya, you you know, obviously you drunk. You know, whatever. Sonya got offended. They argue. Sonya starts putting her finger in Bershawn's face. Now, look, side note. We are not strangers to this. We all watch, especially, let me, you know, I'm, I'm letting y'all in on black people talk right now. Y'all have all seen Atlanta. Y'all have all seen Potomac. You know damn well that fingers and faces always leads to something bad. This is nothing new. So as soon as Sonya put her fingers in Bershawn's face, Bershawn immediately, the switch flipped and she got on Sonya's level. She immediately matched Sonya's level of being amped up. We see it all the time. This is nothing new. Violation of personal space will always, which I was about to say, always get you fucked up. But, you know, they didn't, they didn't fight for real, for real. At least we didn't see them fight for real, for real. I don't know what the hell they did for real, for real. But anyway, Leah jumps in the middle with her brand new nose, hoping they don't bust her ass in the nose. And then she got to go to the damn hospital in Salem. And then they uh, take all her blood and they put it in a cauldron. And the witches and Agatha and uh, Scarlet Witch make a potion out of her ass. I don't know. Hell, I'm, I guess that's what go on in Salem. I don't really damn know. She get in the middle. The producers get involved. Sonya punches the glass out of the fire extinguisher case in the hallway. It's just a whole mess. Whew. My thing is, Lordy, Lordy, Lordy. Luann and Leah were shocked. Like, shocked that Bershawn would say Sonya was drunk to her face. Like, couldn't believe it. Felt like it was antagonizing, yada, yada, yada. And how she should have known that that would set her off. And how that's not the the time to talk to a Sonya. You know, Sonya's drunk and don't do this to her. But then they proceeded to have an intervention for Sonya. Like, where? Where? What the fuck? Where? Where? By the way, they ordered drinks beforehand, so... The intervention was off to a great start. Just saying. Listen, Roni is good this season, okay? I don't give a fuck what nobody says. I told y'all, play with your man, but don't play with me. I'm having a good time watching Roni. Matter of fact, every week, I choose to watch Roni live over Superman and Lois on the CW. Now, I'm not necessarily saying Superman and Lois is like the greatest show ever, but it keeps me entertained, okay? I like it. Hell. As a matter of fact, the person I'm about to let y'all hear from, Samaj, He's the one that convinced me to start watching it because, child, I'm so damn behind on 
Arrow and the Flash and Supergirl and all that stuff. The only person I'm caught up on is Stargirl, and that's only because she got one damn season, okay? You know what? Let me throw it over to Samaj. Samaj had thoughts on New York this particular episode, so, oh, Samaj! Hey, Kendrick, and Samaj from the Me, I Am Canceled podcast. A couple notes about this week's Roni. Um, I love... Standout line of the episode was Sonya saying in response to, you know, you should get help. You should speak to a professional. Is I have professionals, I have counselors, I do telemedicine. Sonia reads a the straw that the straw that stirs the drink, the gift that keeps on giving. Also, uh another moment, Sonia saying to Brashawn, You betrayed my trust, saying, uh, you know, she was telling her about the townhouse on the bus when they cut back to that. I said, Sonia, I know you fucking lying. So you probably told the hit the Hamptons hit <laughs> Hamptons Jitney driver from season eleven about the townhouse. You probably told uh, you know the creepy twins about the townhouse. I'm sure you definitely told the psychic about the townhouse after the after the freaking uh, seance, asking her you know is it time to sell? Should I sell it now? You probably tried to offer it to her. Another note I'd like to get to was Ebony. Um, saying, "Oh come on guys, we're classy, we're classy ladies. We don't do this." In reference to fight. Ma'am, do you know what show you're on? Okay, Ramona shits the floor everywhere she goes. Sonia is uh, damaging property and, you know, falling over every five seconds. Luann is a freaking criminal, like, full-on, full-stop criminal, assaulted a police officer. Like, <laughs> so, no, not her. And Leah is out here throwing ravioli in restaurants, uh, flashing her ass every chance she gets, and announcing to a room full of people that she still has her period. So, um, Ebony, class is not, that is not the brand here. Roni and the word class are not synonymous. That is not where you will find it. So keep looking, keep looking elsewhere. And then another thing with Ebony... When Ebony was talking to Brashawn um, over in the corner before they dragged Sonya over for the intervention, Sonya's like, all right, well, I'll be over there. Let me get my stuff. And Ebony tells Sonya, she's like, oh, you know, you can leave your stuff. And um, and Sonya's like, no, no, I got it. And then Ebony goes, damn, she's like, it's not like we're going to take it. And I find that interesting that that was the interaction because I'm sure Sonya was just like in her head. But it's funny, optics-wise, that, you know, she's taking her coat and her purse and there's two black women sitting there interesting for that and then also i felt like uh ebony kind of cut brashawn off when brashawn was apologizing earlier in the scene so i didn't like that i feel like it was kind of fake fake woke fake ally i don't know if i can say that but uh you know <laughs> again i feel like um because they didn't maybe immediately get along ebony and brashawn are having like a weird relationship and then the sidekick dinner uh again the lady telling leah you know i see judaism in your future She's co-signing to BS, saying, oh, you know, it'll give you structure. Ma'am, did you watch season one, episode one? I know it wasn't out back then, but did the producers show you that little clip? Because that was uh, very specific. And then <laughs> and then later on, and then in the dinner, uh, when, when Ramona starts talking, she's like, no, no, stop, stop. Don't give me any clues. This is my business. Don't call me out. So I found that very, very interesting. And overall, it was a very fun episode. So... I'm excited to see what we got next week. That mid-season trailer was a lot. Um, I mean, Ramona's saying, I, I wish I was born Jewish. I don't even need the context to know that. She is out of control. Samaj with the best takes, as usual. Now look, 
before I go on to the encore, <laughs> let me take a moment to dig into Countess Delaseps' ass for a minute, okay? Luann Delaseps. Luann, one thing that you haven't lacked this season is audacity, okay? You really had the nerve to tell Brashawn again, because you've said it now like 18 times in the past two episodes, to not talk negatively, neg- ooh, negatively, there we go, to not talk negatively about Sonya when you're the queen of putting Sonya down and insulting her. Like, are you kidding? Like, really, Luann? You, your levels, your grandeur of delusion never ceases to amaze me. Like, really? You've called her everything from everyone's one-night stand. You've called her every whore, every dummy in the goddamn book. Like, get the hell out of here with that, Luann. All of a sudden, you're so offended by what people say to Sonya when you lead the charge every season, every episode about what people say about Sonya? Like, really? When you literally let Sonya date men first, then swoop in, steal them, and then try to downplay what Sonya was to them? Girl, you know what, Luann, before I dig into you too deep and before uh, another countess like Countess Vaughn or somebody come after me, can we the podcast? Dang, mama. Before Countess Vaughn or another count or somebody come after me, I'm going to switch over to the encore because you, you, you... <sighs> You've got some nerve, okay? You've got a little gall, a little... You've got a little bit of... What's the word? Unmitigated gall. I don't know. You've got some... Some brass tacks. Maybe that's the word. I don't know. You, you've you got it, though, sister. <laughs> you've definitely got it. You know what? Let me move on to the encore and let me lift my spirits back up because Lord knows, Luann, you was about to take me to a bad place, okay? Let me go to the encore. We pick right back up after the blowout in the studio when Felicia and Keely were tag teaming the producer co-signs ass, okay? Lamisha is doing those, ooh, let me not be sure. I was about to say those candy, <laughs> those candy birds vocals, but y'all know what I mean. But upstairs, Felicia is updating Fallon because keep in mind, Fallon was not down there. She was actually outside the house on what transpired while she was gone. How Cosign, you know, he stopped the song, how he wasn't been, he wasn't, he hasn't been doing his job, basically. Uh, all the little stuff that they argued about in the last episode. Felicia asked Fallon, should we get him out? She said, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, that's all it takes. Listen, the twins are TTG. I've told y'all this before. They are TTG. Trained to go okay they go downstairs and say cosign leave your production off all of the songs that i've done i don't want your production on any of the things that i've done cosign has you know he's he's super calm now and he's saying you know don't yell at me and they're like you treated me the you you." listen they like if a man had done what you did to me he would have punched your ass right in the face, right then and there. He'd bust you in your ass is exactly what she said. Now, I don't know if she meant with a Glock 22 or she, you know, I, I don't know if she meant, but, you know, bust you in your ass, okay? You would have had some in your ass, whether it was a, a bullet or a boot, okay? 
they once again go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like they dancing and auditioning for America's Got Talent. I mean, back and forth, back and forth. Merengue, the salsa. They doing all this shit. It all comes to a head when he looks at the other women and goes, y'all not going to get your girl. Ooh, that was, I was trying to do a deep voice. It didn't work out the way. That's okay. Keely said, excuse me, <laughs> baby, Fallon, Felicia, and Keely were on go. G-O. And I'm not talking about damn Monopoly. You can pass go if you want to and collect 200. It's not going to help your ass, okay? Side note, this scene was immaculate because there are so many housewives lines thrown around and it doesn't even come on bravo this is a bet show okay felicia kept asking who gonna check me who gonna check me boo shout out to the og of atl sheree whitfield and her sweating ass ex-husband bob what's your name bill b so they calling you bob keely kept saying who 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 remember shannon versus kelly dodd whose name we don't speak on this podcast. So from now on, it's Redacted Dodd and Redacted Dodd only, okay? At that damn costume party, arguing back and forth. Come on, Bravo Influence. I love to see it, okay? LaMisha comes out of the studio because keep in mind, this lady was in there laying down those vocals. (laughs) While these people were out here arguing, I was like, Look, like okay, but but did y'all hear that one? Like, I know she was mad as a motherfucker. Like, did y'all like this one? Did y'all like that? Hello, is anybody listening? Do I need to do that again? Yes, Lamisha, you need to do it again. Okay, I ain't even got to be there. I can already tell you. Yes, you need to do that again. Lamisha comes out and doesn't take a side, despite Keely wanting her to choose their side of the house. And you can kind of tell that this is setting up a little bit of confrontation for later on. We'll talk about that a little later. The twins walk off and LaMisha asks what happens. Cosign starts talking about, well, they don't know what it's like, you know, to do production and they can't understand. And I've been doing this for years and yada, yada, yada. When y'all know damn well they're producers too. See, I don't like that. But obviously Keely doesn't like it either because she walks off. Pam feels away. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Pam feels a ways about Keely, okay? Keely, once again, is seen as the instigator. <laughs> I don't know why this tickles me so much every time they put Keely in the middle of all of this. Pass the Pam, aka pass the peas like we used to do. Hey, pass the peas like we used to do. Shout out to Martin. Y'all don't y'all don't know nothing about that. Okay. Pam walks upstairs and she gives Keely a little taste, okay? Not a not a taste of her good stuff because, you know, we all know Pam was delivered from homosexuality, child. Let me not get into that. Pam, <laughs> Pam said, what you're doing is starting to get under my skin. You're starting shit in this house and I'm sick of your lisping ass. Well, she didn't say all of that, but y'all know I read between the lines. Pam is a woman of the Lord and she didn't want to say all that. So I said it for her. I can, Pam... Look, I, we see eye to eye, I got you. She, I know what she really wanted to say, okay? Look, then she addressed Felicia, but I'm I'm not sure what she addressed exactly. I don't know, she kind of ran over that. I, I don't really know what she, she did there. In the studio downstairs, though, Irish is making it known that there's their side, meaning the twins and Keeley, 
there's our side, the goat vocals, <laughs> aka the 702 sisters, and then there's the middle ground, aka Pam, Shamari, and Nivea. Let me say this Irish is actually getting funnier and funnier and more likable with each passing episode. Her shade is actually is actually hidden. And there are moments when she's being like so serious and then she stops and she like looked at Misha and she goes, your makeup is so pretty. Like that's some good foundation. You need to use more of that finishing power, you know, contour around your neck a little more. Now see, that last part was a read. There was some shade, okay? Because they be saying, let me, let me, let me, they be getting on Misha's neck online, okay? Let me just say it. Boom, there, I said it, okay? I said it. You know, they be saying her her, her neck look kind of diabetic. That's okay, though. That Who ain't got a diabetic neck? Don't let no... See, y'all be low down online. I'm just saying, y'all be going at Misha and that neck online. You know, it's a lot... The Encore is kind of a breeding ground for necks, though. I've noticed that. Aubrey is out of the house now, so I think more of the focus is being pulled on Misha's neck. But for the longest time, we couldn't tell where Aubrey's chick. You know what? Let me just move on because I, you know, I don't like to get nasty. Let me just, let me, let me move on. Speaking of Aubrey, it's the next day and they need to address re-recording the songs now that Aubrey is actually gone. Child, Misha said we're down to seven group members. Oh, and Keely. <laughs> Keely. In the words of the GOAT, Jocelyn Hernandez, oh, why is you her? Oh, why is you her? In the words of Flo Millie, ain't nobody who's hotter than Millie. Ain't nobody that's hotter than Flo. Why is you her? Like, I don't get, why, why is you her? You better learn how to, uh, you better learn a motherfucking uh, eight count and do these dance moves and record some verses. You better do something. You must be concerned you might slip up and throw another bucket of chicken at somebody. Like, that's got to be why. Maybe the ghost of the Spice Girls or the, the ghost of Destiny's Child compels you to throw a bucket of chicken every time you see a, 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 a that you in a new group. Like, I don't know what it is. At least by local this time. If I remember correctly, it was a KFC chicken bucket that you threw at Natori. At least support local businesses this time if you're going to be throwing chicken. Anyway, the 702 sisters decide to bring up the fact that they don't have enough parts. Baby, y'all are... Oh, y'all going to make me say it, huh? Y'all are just going to have to accept the fact that y'all aren't the best vocalists. Sorry, you just got to accept it. I mean, y'all can, you know, you can round the house, you know, like uh, Gina told Pam on Martin, you know, you can round the house. You can do that. Y'all can sing backup for sure, but leading vocals, like, no, nah, listen, lead that to me, okay? That, that, that's not your ministry. That's not your ministry. It just... That ain't y'all. Obviously, Felicia and Fallon are getting annoyed because they feel every time they figure out one situation, here comes Misha and Irish ready to throw a wrench in a new plan. What was hilarious was that later on when Misha came downstairs 
and saw Felicia was annoyed. She's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, baby girl, what's wrong? Did I do it? Did I do something wrong? Man, yep, it was you. It was you. It was you. You know what? Shannon Bedore is not welcome on this podcast. Let me get her ghost and her demonic spirit the hell out of my body, okay? Bye, Shannon. Later, the twins go downstairs to the studio first, and they see a floral arrangement, and of course, it's from Cosine. Felicia is like, eh, eh, I'd rather you apologize to me in person. Like, even a text message would have been better than this. The other ladies, though, are loving it. They're just happy that a man sent some damn tequila. <laughs> they just happy somebody sent tequila, okay? Y'all see how often they drink wine on this damn show. They just happy somebody else sent some liquor. I know that's right, hell. I, I won't forgive you if it's like flowers and some tequila, but I'll forgive you if it's some damn like flowers and some hen dog and dog, okay? A little Hennessy. You forgiving Zeddy. I love you, Zeddy. Zeddy, I see Zeddy. I had saw these little shoes in the mall. You know, they had just came out. You know, they kind of fly. You think you could buy me some of them too? You know, since you in a giving mood. You said how much they cost? Oh, they they only four hundred dollars. Oh, boy, you, you so crazy. That is not a lot of money, okay? You is crazy. No. Well, yeah, no, yeah, you know, I got I got Cash App, Zelle, Venmo, Pay, you know, PayPal, Apple Pay, Western Union. I got all that Zeddy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I, you, I even got a routing number if you need it. Yeah, Cash App is fine. You know, thank you, Zeddy. They have a little ceremony that night. This it's, look, this ceremony got Misha written all over it, okay? <laughs> and they decide to burn shit that has hindered or hurt them in the past that they want to let go of. Keely goes first and ch- pulls out a bucket of chicken. Now, let's talk about this because obviously, you know, it's a funny moment or whatever. Everybody's cracking up. But obviously, this is a reference back to the reason why 3LW broke up in the first place. There was a big rumor out at the time. For people who aren't familiar, you know, if you're watching the Encore just off of my recommendation, there was a big rumor that Notori Nodden, who you know from Power and uh, I guess other stuff. <laughs> you, oh, she was Lil' Kim in the, in the Biggie movie. Yeah, you know. You know Notori, okay. There was a rumor that Notori Nodden and Keeley got into like this huge argument outside of a chicken shack and she threw a bucket of chicken at her. Remember, even Aubrey referenced this in the first episode. She, you know, she was like, Keely, she's a chicken bucket thrower. You know, that's, that's, that's what she said, okay? Um, but then she says in her confessional, I didn't throw chicken at anybody, but the chicken was in my hand. And if you call my mama a bitch, I'm throwing whatever. Okay, so did you throw the chicken? Like, Girl, what? Like, you you threw the chicken at her. You threw the chicken. I don't care if it was grilled, fried, sautéed, over, uh, like, oven roasted, uh, over easy, marinated, skinless, whatever. You threw it. Despite this ridiculousness, though, there were some serious moments <laughs> in this raggedy-ass burning ceremony. The cherished twins let go of anger towards their dad for making them basically go broke when they should have had money. Irish let go of the fear of being in the studio, even though, you know what, (laughs) that's an easy joke. Let me not do that. Shamari lets go of like, you know, having another unreleased project, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
It's Nivea, though, that kind of choked me up. You know, anytime somebody talks about a parent, you know, losing a parent, it hits me particularly hard. She kind of choked me up because she has the rose that she wore to her mother's funeral. She needs to accept that she's not here anymore, and she hasn't been able to do that because she's still holding on to a lot of pain from the past. I actually think this moment is like the catalyst for the end of the episode, which I'll be discussing in a matter of moments, okay? Okay. The scene (laughs) with Keely trying to help Irish and Misha with those weak-ass dance steps was so cringe. Oh, my God. They kept saying Aaliyah changed the dance moves, but Aaliyah had recorded the steps, and that's what Keely was using to help them. This whole scene was a mess. A mess. Like, it was a mess. After they wanted to leave, Keely went downstairs and vented her frustration with them not wanting to learn the steps. Baby, baby, let me tell you something. One thing about the encore, the cast members are going to eavesdrop, okay? And reality TV does not eavesdrop enough anymore, okay? I love it. It's a lost art, and I'm so glad it's back. Iris and Lamisha are eavesdropping on this whole conversation that's happening, and they get themselves worked up, and you know they cranking each other, cranking up, cranking up. They putting the battery in each other back, battery, battery, and they turning the knob, turning the knob, turning the knob, and baby, they go downstairs and confront them because no one on this show is afraid of confrontation. Thus, this is the perfect reality show, okay? Irish basically tells Keely, keep my name out your mouth. M-O-U-F, out your mouth, okay? Keep it at your mouth. Fallon takes it upon herself to elaborate. She tries to make things better, and she says, you're only as good as your weakest link, which seems like a shot at Irish. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Wait, actually, let's see. Who is the weakest link in this group? Uh, it's not the twins because they add production. They add. They actually got some vocals. You know, they they, they do what they need to do. Keely ain't in the damn group. Shamari is actually a star if she wants to be. I don't know if she wants to be, but if she wants to be, she could really be a star because she's got a great voice. She can dance. She can really do it all. Nivea's voice kills the rest. Nivea is my favorite voice on this damn show. So that leaves Pastor Pam, aka Pastor Peas, like we used to do. Hey! And the 702 sisters. Ooh. Yeah, Irish, you you probably got that crown. Sorry. <laughs> I tried to go through that and defend you, but child, I, I think I confirmed the answer. That's okay, though. In this scene, Nivea starts getting super frustrated. She feels like everyone is saying what's fucked up about others instead of actually helping them. So it's really like, it's really kind of getting on her skin. It's annoying her. Nivea goes through every emotion imaginable during this scene. Sadness, anger, despair, aggravation. Child, I had to open up my damn thesaurus when I was writing this section here. <laughs> she said she'd punch a bitch in the face. I listen, I get it, Nivia. I don't want you to punch nobody in the damn face, but if you did, I'm, I'm just saying, if you did, okay? 
But then comes the moments, capital S, that put me six feet under. And I'm not talking about the damn HBO show, okay? As Nivea is gathering the 702s and taking them upstairs, Fallon yells out, she's going to get her blood pressure worked up. (laughs) Misha and Nivea get pissed off, both of them. And this just broke Nivea. Like, this broke her. It made her feel like no one ever really wanted to do this or be in the group in the first place. Keep in mind, Nivea was the solo artist. She never had to deal with group bullshit ever throughout her career. Felicia says Nivea needs to get out of her face and she needs to defend everybody as hard as she defends like 702. Misha said, it's a whole lot. Out of nowhere, we get Wig Gate 2021. Misha says, I'm talking about y'all wigs. And the twins can't do anything but laugh. And baby, I can't either. Because Misha, this entire episode, is channeling Tracy Braxton with this damn wig. She had on this red, crinkly Bob wig. What's your name, BLB? So they calling you Bob. It was giving me Chucky, and I'm not sure if it was giving me the killer doll Chucky or Chucky Fenster, bitch. I'm not sure which one, but she was definitely giving Chucky, okay? Pam comes up in there and gives a motivational Joel Osteen speech, but it don't really do much. Maybe it does, because the twins actually do go upstairs and try to hash things out with Nivea. Not 702, (laughs) but with Nivea. But she's already up there packing to leave. Nivea is not interested in talking at all. She's screaming and everything. She runs past the camera. She runs past them and she goes downstairs. She's like, I told y'all, don't bring them up here. I don't want to talk to nobody. And she runs downstairs. While she's trying to head out the door, she sees Keely at the end of the staircase and she gets in her face. She says, Woke up on me. Woke up on me. I dare you. To. Keely threw her hands up in the air because she was scared. Not scared. She was scared. Okay. <laughs> Keely didn't know what the hell. She thought she was about to get that punch in the face that Nivea was talking about earlier. I thought Nivea was about to whoop somebody's ass. Woo. Nivea packed her shit in the back of that truck and left. Do you hear me? Left. Okay. Now, I don't know if this is permanent. I don't know if this is permanent. But, Lord, this show leaves me lingering for more and longing for more every single week. Lord, have mercy. I love me some encore. Oh, I love the encore. Nivea, come on back, baby. Come on back, darling. Just come back. You know we love you. Mama love you. Come on back, girl. Before I transition until the most, uh, whoo, I received a lot of notes about Beverly Hills this week. Before I transition over to that, Samaj from the Me I Am Counselor podcast, he had a couple of things to say about the encore. Let me give him the floor. Oh, Samaj. Also, really quickly on the encore, Misha, a.k.a. Sutton, is really doing a lot. And I say she's Sutton because uh, the visuals, very similar. I think they got that same Peter Griffin as a short person body type. Um, 
it's a lot to see, but I'm loving the encore. Fallon and Felicia, I think they can go to Atlanta and help Bravo out with their little uh, situation with their with their money troubles. Um, and maybe bring some money back to the network and keep Atlanta being the top-rated show because they need help. I mean, the way they just fight with everybody is just amazing. I love how they, you know, stood up for themselves against Cosine. I love how they get Misha Routh up just by breathing. Also, I love how Keely still thinks she's the creative director. The way she is in confessional saying, oh, I'm trying to help these girls. I'm trying to get them together. Ma'am, no one is asking you for help. Pastor Pam doing what she do, keeping the house in order, you know, making sure the tables are not overturned. And then, you know, Nivea, she's like, I can't do this. This energy is not right. She's like, you guys are out of control. I'm not doing this. Aubrey leaving. No shock there. I already just need a second season. And also, can these songs come out? I want these songs. I want a tour. I want it all. Me too, Samaj. I echo everything you said. Now, it is. It's looking good because Carlos King has mentioned many a time that these songs are going to come out. So I'm hoping that once the finale actually drops, then that Friday or something, we're actually going to get the music from the show. Because I love, I, I walk around my house all the time. Bird's eye view, the bird's eye view. I don't sing Irish and Lamisha part, but I sing everybody else part. You know, it's some good stuff. So I'm hoping he does drop that. And I absolutely hate you for referring to both Sudden and Lamisha as legs go all the way up Griffin. Yes, I know the character you're talking about, and now that you've said it, I can't get that image out of my head because, yes, both of them do look like legs go all the way up Griffin. If y'all remind me, if somebody listens to this on the day it comes out, somebody send me a note on Instagram, I will post a picture of legs go all the way up Griffin. Y'all are going to holler. Look, let me go ahead and get into Beverly Hills because, boy, oh, boy, Y'all know I always put out notes or uh, posts on social media for y'all to send me your voice messages when I have time, child. You know, sometimes I forget. But when I put it out there, y'all send me your messages about the shows that, you know, as Jill Scott will say, that moved you to chorus this week. And I guess it was Beverly Hills this time because y'all had some thoughts about Beverly Hills. So I'm not going to talk about Beverly Hills. I'm going to do the absolute minimum with Beverly Hills. I'm going to let y'all do all the damn talking. Erica Jane, you and that running ass mascara and that uh, scamming ass Mad Lib story you told about Tom falling off a cliff. You've inspired a lot, a lot of voice messages this week. So let's let's go ahead and get into it, Lord. Hey, have you guys checked out The Dip? It's the site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows written by experts and fans focused on depth, not on clicks. Their personalized subscription site allows you to follow high-quality coverage surrounding the shows that you love and the shows you love only. I just got done reading an article about WandaVision, you know, one of my favorite MCU projects, and it said the only logical follow-up is Howard the Duck. It's insane. I mean, I love it. Check out the link in my podcast episode description. Click around on some of those articles and sign up for the dip today. Okay. So I told y'all that Erica Jane has really inspired. Okay. She's really done some inspiring. Let me first kick it over to Lakia, who's kind of, she's going to give her thoughts about the season overall too. But of course, you know, we everybody's going to address Erica Jane because 
that's the the story of the hour okay so let me throw it over to my girl lakia who by the way one of my clubhouse queens i love me some lakia she actually does a room in club bravo she does uh the beverly hills room over there so every week if you want to get your you know your weekly beverly hills in on thursday she does that and then once you finish that Come on over to Melanated Bravo. You know, we do our reality uh, headlines room on Thursday night. So it's a whole key. It's a whole vibe, okay? Check out LaKey and see what she's got to say about this season of Beverly Hills. Hey, Kendrick, it's me, LaKey, speaking. Um, Yeah, okay, that was a habit from Clubhouse. Anyway, you guys can find me on Instagram, miss.lakiki to you, especially if you're nasty. And I also do a Beverly Hills recap room on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern for Club Bravo on Clubhouse. So I am loving this season. And I mean, it has everything. It has drama, intrigue, humor, cliffhangers, literal cliffhangers, y'all. I mean, this tale of the car hanging off a cliff as... Tom Girardi is rolling down the hill with a jitterbug in his hand. I mean, how did that jitterbug not break? And then not only did it not break, he's he's dialing jitterbugs mid-coma. It's just a lot. But we also have a mystery. A mystery that is Dorit's dog. Did y'all catch that dog a couple of episodes ago? I mean, he looks disheveled. Disheveled. I mean, what's really going on? Dorit is always looking glammed up, fabulous, and all her labels. And this dog, I don't even think it can get a sweater. Can this dog get a little grooming, a little glam? I mean, you knew you were having company, right? They lingered. <laughs> Production's so shady. They lingered on this dog as if to just be like, see, Lucy, Lucy, Apple Goosey, or Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy. Mm, maybe it's okay that you're not here because look at this dog. I'm not sure, you know. But anyway, it was the pandemic. Everybody wasn't looking their best. So, um, but this is to say I'm looking forward to his journey, learning more about him and, um, you know, justice for Dorit's dog. Uh, other things I'm looking forward to, more of Garcelle and Sutton slowly starting to question everything and just kind of poke holes. Figuring out why people don't offer Erica a tissue when she starts to cry so she can wipe away her tears. More of the... Um, Kyle and Kathy having fun together, seeing how many times Lisa Renna can randomly slip in that her daughter is dating Scott Disick. And um, of course a cash trip, but then I don't know, maybe they are on a cash trip, but I'm hoping there's another one they can fit in. So it's just been a really fun season. I've enjoyed it. I hope everybody else has. Um, It's been really nice chatting with you guys. Justice for Dorit's dog. Please, yes, I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. Anyway, thank you so much for having me, Kendrick. I hope you guys have a good day. Bye, y'all. Bye. Not Lakia saying that... (laughs) Not her saying that it was an actual cliffhanger. You know what? Bye. Bye. You know what? I can't deal with y'all. The fact that we really are focusing on this dog because Lucy, Lucy, apple juice, apple sauce might be in a better home girl you know what (laughs) we are the shadiest people bravo viewers have got to be some of the shadiest people on the planet and you know what i fucking love it okay 
I'm not even go. I'm not going to inject my feelings too much into this because I think y'all know how I feel about that mad lib ass story that Erica Jane told on this episode. Let me throw it over to Kalindi, who actually has a podcast of her own that I actually do love. So y'all check her out. She's going to tell you all about it and she's going to give you her thoughts on Erica Jane. Hey Kendrick, my champagne pappy. It's Kalindi from Housewives Heretics with some thoughts and several questions about Beverly Hills. Kyle's hosting the girls at her Palm Springs house, but not the one she stole from Kim. Erica comes in crying wearing waterproof mascara this week and says Tom's attorney is concerned that he isn't mentally competent, which she's noticed him deteriorating for the past few years. For example, Tom drove off a cliff, was thrown from the car, was unconscious for 12 hours, had a head injury, broken shoulder, clavicle, and ankle, then regains consciousness, calls Erica, and she has to go find him. She was assuming when he didn't come home that he was with another woman because she went through his phone after Yolanda's divorce from David. So she's known about the cheating since 2015, but a few episodes ago, she said that she didn't know if he had affairs. I'm honestly so confused. I feel like I've been unconscious for 12 hours and Erica's story is more phony than Dorit's accent. Okay, thanks, Kendra. If you can't tell that you need to be listening to her on Housewives <laughs> Heretics, I she had that ready to go. Let me tell y'all something. Everybody is so in we are all trying to piece together what the hell is going on on Beverly Hills. We're trying to remember when Erica Jane posted stuff, when uh when you know the cheating rumor started, when the stuff, you know, when she started wearing uh, non-waterproof mascara. We're trying to figure out when the hell Dorit's accent came into the picture. You know, we've been trying to figure out a lot of stuff, okay? That that was hilarious to me. I had to tell her when she sent that. I was like, that is hilarious because you spared through that. You gave, you touched on every single topic that you needed to touch on. Erica Jane, listen, I said I wasn't going to interject too much, but let me tell you something. That story, I, I didn't know how to feel about that. It didn't, first of all, I had to watch it about three times because I didn't understand it. And now, you know, people are sharing aerial views of your house and ain't no cliff in sight. So we like, girl, wait, where did he fall from? Like, was it a ditch somewhere or did he fall? Did he climb a tree and fall? like, what is, what's really going on? And now y'all, ooh, you know what? Cause I was about to get into medical diagnosis and stuff, but I'm not going to do that. I don't know the HIPAA laws and I'm not about to get involved with nobody's HR department. Okay. Matter of fact, let me throw it over to one of my favorite listeners, Katie, Katie from Kentucky. She's one of my favorites and she has definitely been invested in this. I mean, invested <laughs> in trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Erica Jane and all these lies allegedly that are being spewed. Okay. Let me throw it over to Katie. Hey Kendrick, it's Katie from Kentucky. First and foremost, happy podcast anniversary. I am so happy that you are in all of our lives making our days better with your amazing podcasts episodes because you always give us more than one. This week, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I can't even begin to go into the deep dark hole that I have fallen into researching Erica Jane and this Tom Girardi insanity, but I can promise you all that it most likely never happened. I think she is absolutely helping his defense and creating this whole, he's poor, feeble old man BS. And it's just, it's insane, bad acting. 
she did better when she was on that soap opera with Eileen as a guest spot. It's just, it's crazy. First of all, thank you, Katie. Ah, a year. That is insane to me. It's been a whole year, y'all. Do all of y'all out there, because I, I feel like I have classmates in this game, except, you know, uh, <laughs> what did Megan Stallion say? Uh, 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 do not treat me like one of your little peers. I'm the teacher, bitch. Okay. No, just kidding. I feel like I have a lot of peers in this game and we all started around the same time. You know, we have some that are older, some that are younger, but I feel like we all just basically kind of started around the same time. Like COVID gave us that push. And for any of y'all that are listening a year, isn't that kind of, that's kind of crazy. It does not feel like the, it feel like I was just like stressing about what kind of equipment to order. Where the hell is my, uh, am I going to have a phantom power? Am I going to use a condenser mic? Am I going to do this and that? Hop out my ride, stash this, hold that, be cool, turn the sound up and roll it. You know, I, I got to figure a lot of things out. If you, if you caught that reference, I love you, by the way. <laughs> Listen, Katie is absolutely right. I don't believe it either. It's a lot of mess. She said it most likely didn't happen. You know, Katie kind of told me that uh, the court system in California, it only, like, their records are like, that, that kind of stuff only goes back two years. So I'm sure she, Erica Jane, knew that, and she knew that none of this stuff from this 2017 accident or whatever was going to be verifiable. So, I mean, kudos to you. That's smart. Uh, if you go be lying on TV, lie good, okay? That, that's a good one even though you took it a little far with that damn mascara, but whatever. I'm definitely, you know what? I want y'all to keep researching because I'm researching too. I'm basically trying to figure out is everything she's saying on the show lining up to what she was putting out there on social media at the time. And right now, I don't know. I don't know. It's a lot of, a lot of back and forth. She, she got rid of that judge rumor real fast, but she still, like we said on uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, she left it up for almost an hour. So that seemed very strategic. That seemed very strategic. And now all of a sudden she's talking about he was cheating, and, but you know, that, whoo, I, whatever, whatever. You know what? Let me throw it over to my girl. Now my day, if y'all don't know, ooh, let me tell you. I know y'all listen to me, Donnie, and Amanda's podcast, uh, the Big Brother Breakfast Club. I know y'all listen to that. That's not the name of the podcast. It's just what we call ourselves. We post the episodes usually on Amanda's podcast. It's all happening. And on Donnie's podcast, Truly Anything. But I'll most likely be posting the episode this week because, you know, we got, you know, it's things, honey. It's things to do, okay? Don't worry about it. But if you like Big Brother, Nimade, who I'm about to play a clip of right now talking about Erica Jane, she has a great clubhouse room called But First big brother and i love her lunchtime talks we talk about it all baby all we know who we think is going home who do we want to be up you know next head of household who up for eviction all that kind of stuff we all of that we talk about so let me give y'all a little introduction if you listen to this podcast though you've heard her voice before you'll probably recognize it she's that african butterfly on instagram so let me throw it over to her to tell y'all her thoughts about erica jane Hey, it's Nimade or That African Butterfly. And I just wanted to comment on Beverly Hills because I have to say something about the amazing performance that Erica did at that dinner table. Like, bravo, Erica, bravo. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that she does have some, like, emotions with all of this and it is hard for her. I do believe that. But I also believe that she is loving every 
minute of this attention. Like you could practically see her trying to hold back from smiling. Like every time they gasped, every time they said, oh my God, like she was just basking in the glow of their attention. Like she knew all the right spots to pause, let them take it in. I mean, she mm, gifted chef kiss to her. She is a gifted what's the word, orator at telling stories. She did that. And um, I would not be surprised if her next book is called This Is My Life because she has managed to fit that phrase in every time she tells her story. Um, this is my life. This is my life. Um, so yeah, I would not be surprised if that's the new title of her book. Uh, it's just, it's all very interesting, especially even as she was at the dinner table and she was like, love him, but blah, blah, blah. I was like, I thought you were divorcing because you didn't love him. Um, oh, and I do other, oh, not to make this a run. I do have one other thing to say though, about the whole situation with, um, just her in general. I think that people sometimes forget that like, there's a price to pay no matter what road you take in life. Like nobody is a hundred percent happy. Even the people who are like, oh, I'd rather be poor than have money because I love my family or people who are like, I'd rather be rich than poor. Like no matter what path you take, you're never a hundred percent happy. So it's up to you to decide where you're willing to give up your unhappiness or where you're willing to accept unhappiness for your happiness. So for her, wanting riches meant that she had to put up with a few moments every now and then of Tom being a jerk. And to her, that was an okay price to pay. I'm not going to lie. That'd probably be an okay price for me to pay too. Because I see lots of poor couples who deal with the same thing, except the offset of it isn't millions of dollars to do whatever you want, whenever you want. So I, I get it. And I don't judge women in bad rich relationships because I see women in bad poor relationships obviously the ideal would be in a great healthy loving financially stable relationship right in the middle but yeah either way though I feel for Erica and I hope that you know this all ends up being that she wasn't involved and that she finds some peace at the end of all this listen points were made okay I know we all we all hoping that she's not involved in it, but who I don't know. See, I would have believed that had it just been like a rich husband not telling his wife anything that's going on in her relationship and a business and all like this, I would have probably believed that she wasn't involved at all. But now I don't know. I, I still don't know whether you knew all these years or what, but now it seems like you're going along with helping him not have legal repercussion for his actions. And that, when orphans and widows and stuff are involved, mm-mm, that's, no, no, man, that's, that, that's above me, okay? Whew, Beverly Hills, y'all, I will give it to y'all. Y'all in Potomac, you're firing on all cylinders. I'm really enjoying Roni right now. Reality TV is doing me good, okay? The Encore, that bitch. I'm obsessed with Love Island right now. If you ever want to talk Love Island, just slide in my DMs because I love me some Love Island, okay? I just can't get enough of it. Currently, I'm watching the USA version, but I'm also watching season five of the UK version, and it's all Cousin in my day. She's the one that told me, and her and Kaya from the Bravo Wild Black podcast, Shout out to Kaya. She's been like trying to get me hooked on it too. I finally gotten hooked. There are a couple of oh, uh, Nella from the Fix My Life podcast. She was also a big proponent of me starting 
Love Island too. So now I'm I'm on the Love Island train. I'm obsessed with it. I'm actually going to be on someone's podcast later this week, and we're going to talk about Love Island. We're going to talk about the encore. We're gonna we're gonna we're, we probably won't mention a lot of Bravo, but we're gonna do some reality TV talk just to kind of you know cleanse the palate. Okay, we go cleanse the palate and we have some good conversation. Let me go ahead and get into. Our girls over, our child, I was about to say the Garden State. Who was there, New Jersey? No, they off the air. Let's get over to uh, <laughs> our drunk favorites over in Potomac, okay? We start off with Robin and Juan, and Robin is sick and tired of being sick and tired, okay? It's very reminiscent of Toya from Married to Medicine, but her frustration in the pandemic is kind of manifested through what seems to be like depression and tiredness instead of Toya's frustration. Juan, you finer than a motherfucker, but you gotta do better. If she can't get up to be with the kids, you get the kids up. Hey, or better yet, Corey and Carter are at the age now where they can get them they damn selves up. Get them a real nice alarm clock. Make it like a, a, a Pokemon clock. I don't know what kids like no more shit. Get them a, <laughs> I was about to say LOL dolls, but that don't help none. Get them a damn alarm clock. Let them get up their selves. Set it 88 times like a normal person. They'll get up after a while. Hell, they can do they can do everything except drive themselves to school. And hell, it's COVID. They gonna be working from the couch. They gonna be working from the kitchen counter. They gonna be working from the kitchen island, from the patio, from the the the, the, the damn it the front lawn. They ain't got to drive nowhere. Okay, tell them to get up, put on a decent shirt, and sit their ass at the computer. It's not that damn hard, Juan. Giselle and Ashley meet for lunch. Listen, say what you want to about Giselle. But she says what the fuck needs to be said out loud, okay? She said, I'm happy for you because remember, Ashley's pregnant, but I'm concerned. Remember last time she was pregnant or when Dean was just, you know, finished cooking, he was all in the MGM hotel trying to find some cootie cat, okay? Meow! Ashley says she's going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but then tells her about Karen's party and how two-faced Mia was being. Giselle is like, uh, that lady asked me for my phone number and is basically like trying to be a third green-eyed bandit. She trying to make us the green-eyed musketeers, okay? All three of them, like Birdman said. A whole mess. So obviously... Mia is still a question mark with the group. Everybody in the group seems like except Karen. We also find out that Giselle is going to throw this like pampered party for Ashley. And she actually agrees to invite both Karen and Mia. That's big of her because you know Karen and Giselle hate each other, child. This has disaster written all over it. Imagine Jocelyn Hernandez inviting Mimi Faust to a damn party that she's throwing for Stevie J. Or imagine Nikki Gilbert inviting Selena Johnson to a party for Faith Evans after she talked about that lady Black Gums and SpongeBob SquarePants body and all like that. See, I be I do this podcast for the real reality TV fans. I know y'all watched their first season of RBD. I mean, yeah, RBD was LA. No, no, no. RBD was Artelanta. 
Baby, that was a season with Kiki Wyatt, loud ass child. That was a good season, but Selena Johnson didn't have to do Nick Gilbert like that. She read that woman from top to bottom, from shoe to cranium, okay? She read her down. Basement. Hey, we finally meet a scholar who is introduced as Robin's friend, and she's helping her pack up them embellished hats, okay? You know, they got the silk lining around them, so, you know, people like me, you know, I got edges, okay? People like me with edges, you know, we don't, it don't sweat out, okay? There's some good embellished hats, okay? This is actually making me pretty happy because Robin's business is really growing. It's growing so big that she actually needs, like, a space because at first she was doing it out of her house now she's outgrown her house and she's about to outgrow the space she's in so now she actually needs like a warehouse go ahead robin you better fulfill them orders i know that's right we love to see it we love to see a black business thrive okay wendy finally shows up and she tells her about how she wants to start a mm, she wants to start slinging candles okay she kind of told us last episode you know She's going for Bed Bath and Beyond's Neckington, okay? Robin is like, wait, what the fuck happened to professor and political commentator? Like, child, uh, listen, my exact questions, but I'm gonna support you, Wendy, okay? This is like, oh boy. This is when we see both Wendy telling the ladies about the conflict with Mia and Mia telling her husband about everything that happened too. This is also when we get the first glimpse of the crumbling of Wendy and Giselle's relationship. Because Robin asked her, you know, about why she checked her, meaning Robin, at her house when Karen was like going at it with Giselle. And she says, you know, I just don't want anyone to feel attacked in my home. Child, she said the old Wendy would have had Giselle's back. That was Robin. Y'all know the green-eyed bandits don't play about each other, okay? Oh, look, it's okay. I can be the third sister, okay? Since Wendy don't want the part, I'll be the third sister, okay? Tia, Tamara, Kendrick. Robin, Giselle, Kendrick. Beyonce, just uh, Solange, Kendrick, okay? I'm coming in there. Mama Tina, uh-uh, step back. This ain't your lane, boo, okay? You be the mama, okay? You, the grandma, the baby, all right? We check in with Candace, and I love her and Chris, like, so much. I'm not even afraid to admit it. Their home life now, especially. I love it when Dorothy calls that girl, because, you know, Dorothy, one thing about Dorothy, she go keep up some mess, and I love to see it, Okay? Dorothy is not afraid to say exactly what is on her mind, and she means it, okay? She says it exactly how she sees it. Dorothy does not want Chris relying on Candace for income, because remember, Chris is now, you know, now that Candace is a like certified singer, like got a whole album on the way, Chris is now her husbander, kind of like Tamar and Vince, child. We saw how that ended, but, you know... Who got that bunny oven? Who got that got that bunny oven? She ain't pregnant yet. She 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 ain't pregnant yet. See, I I used to love me some Braxtons. Let me stop. So Dorothy does not want Chris relying on Candace for any type of income. Y'all know she already think that man a gold digger. <laughs> she didn't want him in a house. That was that was the that was the issue. Okay, that's why she bopped Candace upside her damn head. See, 
Dorothy, you think you're slick. I see you for your works, okay? You out here busting folk in the head because you don't want that man taking your damn money. But see, now they got money of their own. They moved into that damn big-ass house. At least I hope they got money of their own. I believe they do. I believe in them. I'm Team Dillard Bassett, okay? I'm rooting for y'all. I'm rooting for y'all, okay? This budding friendship relationship between Karen and Wendy is... Hmm. I mean, I'm here for it. I am. I'm here for it. I'm just not sure how long it's supposed to last. Actually, you know what? It'll probably last a lot longer than I think it will because at some point, you know, they're both going to hate Giselle. So <laughs> she's coming to Karen and getting business advice about her new candle line, which, by the way, looks amazing and super classy okay now y'all know i'm the candle king okay if jocelyn hernandez is the cabaret captain i'm the candle king okay i run these motherfucking candle streets do you hear me i decide if pumpkin spice scent makes it on the shelf i decide if that lemonade stand scent will be online only or if it'll make it into the brick and mortar i decide if Japanese cherry blossom tree does what it needs to motherfucking do, okay? I say all of that to say that I want Wendy to send me a motherfucking candle, okay? <laughs> and that I'm here for this friendship, okay? I'm actually here for it. But really, Wendy, that box that box was real nice. Send me a candle, baby. Side note, Wendy's new confessional look, listen. Wendy is it on a stick this season, okay? She looks the fuck good every time she's on screen. Good. That bl- that look, that blue sparkle number, like the blazer or whatever the hell it is. Ew. That bronze blouse that's showing all the tatas. Ew. Happy and nest anytime they're on display. Ew. Wendy, you doing it, sis. As Phaedra said, you're doing it. You're winning today. Karen goes to Candace's house for some tea and a key. You know, a little key key. You know what I mean? That's a joke. Okay. Let me say, I am so glad we've barely acknowledged last season on this season. That's how you know Potomac is a top motherfucking tier show on Bravo. They also have enough shit going on that they don't need to harbor on the past. I was worried that Monique was going to be like the ghost of Christmas past on this season. But honestly, no shade to Monique or anything. She's not really missed. They talk about their relationship and, you know, how they can move forward. And it seems like, it seems like they get in a good place. I don't know. It kind of feels weird when, you know, Candace gets in front of Giselle. Maybe it's different, but it feels like they get to a good place. I don't know. Karen doesn't regret basically teetering on the fence. She don't regret teetering on the fence, but says that, you know, she was in a difficult position too. And it seems like Candace is just okay to accept this. You know, she's like, okay, child, whatever. Look, I bet she is. Monique isn't around anymore, so she ain't got to worry about getting jumped no damn more. I'd accept that shit too. Monique, with your violent, I'm just playing. <laughs> Y'all know folk be listening. I'm just playing. Let's jump to Ashley's pamper party thrown by Giselle. The ladies start arriving, including Escala, and once again, Wendy Osefo, political commentator, uh, 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 Johns Hopkins professor, wife of Eddie Osefo, looked 
the fuck good. Okay, good. Mia is the last to arrive, but you can tell, you can kind of tell there's a bit of eek in the air. Like they, st- <laughs> you can just tell, you know, you can always tell when somebody steps on the scene and the air is just, you know, you can tell, you can kind of tell that. They start playing a fun game where Giselle shows them the pregnant stomach and they have to kind of figure out who it belongs to. Baby, Wendy is funny as fuck, okay? They got to Karen's picture and Wendy said, oh, that's Karen. Just look at the date. That picture had a timestamp on it in the 1990s. I know you fucking lying, Wendy. I would have hollered if I was there. I mean, she was right, but she didn't have to say that shit out loud. (laughs) You were thinking it. Well, you said it. Come on, white chicks. Wendy and Mia get into it immediately. And quote unquote, Zen Wen comes out. Now, Zen Wen is the farthest thing from Zen, but I still love it, okay? They get into it, and Wendy brought up that latest clitoris. Eek! You know what? Mia said Wendy isn't happy at home. Like, it's a whole mess. A whole mess. Zen Wen got time today. Mia said, Mia ends up leaving the situation and everybody is getting their feet massaged and heads rotated and gluteus maximus is punched. But when they reconvene, we find out that Mia all along was actually a stripper, which she denied initially. But her definition of a stripper, I'm, I'm not... I'm not sure. Girl, where? Girl, where? She said it was like a, it was a five-star restaurant and a gentleman's club and they were required to wear long gowns, but the men never wanted them to take their clothes off and they just wanted to talk. Like, look, I don't know. I'm glad Giselle was there because Giselle said, what it sounded like to me. She said, it sounds like an escort more than a stripper, but she, then she was like, well, sex isn't involved. Listen, okay, girl, I don't, I don't know how to take this. Okay. I don't know how to receive this information. All right. I don't, I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to take your word for it because I'm, I'm not too sure how to even counteract any of this. Okay. I, I don't know. Listen, Potomac, once again, did what it needed to do. It gave what it needed to have given, okay? It did all of the things. All of the things, like it usually does. This has been three episodes in a row that have all hit, okay? Potomac, you're killing it. You're doing it. You're winning tonight. <laughs> Before I get out of here, and you know, next time you see me, it'll be a brand new rebrand, new intro, new outro, new cover, new name, all that kind of stuff. Same old Kendrick, same ignorant ass Kendrick. But I'm going to throw it over to Samaj, who wanted to give me a little congratulations. And that'll kind of be the 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 foreshadowing for this upcoming Thursday's episode. Oh, Samaj. And lastly... I would like to just give a shout out to you, Kendrick. Congrats on one year of me and you 
the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast. You are doing so great. I love this show so much. Like, you know how people say we have appointment TV? Well, this is appointment listening. So I cannot wait to see what you do next for season two, year two. Cannot wait for your Patreon when that comes out. And I just can't wait to see what you do next. I can't wait for you to run Marvel one day. I can't wait for, you know, you to start getting your Marvel guest on this show. And I'm just really excited for the future. And I'm happy that you are here doing this show. Happy that I get to talk to you all the time. And even leave, leave you these little notes. So proud of you. Keep up the good work. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Great job. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like, is the word dictionary in the dictionary? If so, it probably says something like dictionary, noun. A dictionary is the word you are reading now and the pages they were printed on. Basically, this thing you are looking at right now that you're holding, reading words from, it's a dictionary. As in, hey, look at me. I'm holding a dictionary in my hands as I read the definition of dictionary. Yeah, it's probably something like that. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, Geico makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.